All right, what's going on, Brew Roots listeners? We are live in uh, the studio apartment this week. <laughs> uh, I am joined here by my good friend Kevin York. How are you today? Hey, Matt. I'm doing well. Thanks, Thanks. for having me. No problem. Thank you for doing this, uh, Erica and Sound Guy Ryan. They are they have the week off. You know, I don't always just have them do things with me. No, this is a we're just doing a virtual <laughs> interview and. Uh, Ryan's working and Eric is working, so I am here uh, doing the interview. Um, Flying solo. Yeah, which uh, our listeners may go forward because of that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's been a long time since we've talked, um, and I know we've talked with Scott on the podcast before, but why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us about what you do, and then we can get into what is going on at the end of the month. Sure, sure. So my name is Kevin York, and I own a PR agency in Massachusetts called Kevin York Communications. And we work uh, pretty heavily with craft breweries throughout the country. We're not exclusively only working with craft breweries, but I would say probably 70-80% of our client base is made up of breweries. Um, Quite a few here in New England, but we also have some in Kentucky, Virginia, Florida, Oregon, uh, we've had some in Idaho before, really spread out uh, across the country. So we touch a lot of different geographies. Um, and it, it, it's fun. Bef- before I got into doing PR for, for breweries, I, I was doing tech PR, like deep B2B infrastructure PR. So this is a little bit more fun to talk about every day rather <laughs> than storage and networks and servers. <laughs> yeah, we have another podcast so we can talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, obviously, this event that you are, uh, Kevin York, is hosting, yeah, it's called Beer Amplified, right? And that's happening mm-hmm. Monday, March 27th, and Tuesday, March 28th, in, uh, at the, is that the Renaissance Waterfront Hotel? Yep. Congress yeah. Street? Yeah, in Congress in the Street. Yeah. Yep. That's a nice hotel. Um, let's talk about Beer Amplified. Uh, I, what, a, what drew me to this event when you kind of came forth and said, hey, we should talk about this was your keynote speakers aren't directly in the industry. Uh, you have the, what is the vice president of uh, marketing for the Red Sox? Yeah, he's, he's a CMO and an executive vice president. Um, mm-hmm. Really, so none of our speakers are from breweries. Um, I would say all but a couple don't work in beer at all. The couple that, that do work in beer are, are sort of like myself, sort of agency type people on the outside who work with some breweries, but also companies that are not focused on beer. Mm-hmm. Um, this was really in response to something that we'd been hearing from beer marketers over the past, I would say, four years or so. It really started prior to the pandemic. Um, there, there used to be a conference called the Beer Marketing and Tourism Conference. It was in Burlington one year, Asheville, Boise. Uh, the last year before the pandemic was in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, and then it, it, it just didn't come back after the pandemic. But they sort of attempted to start this. It was marketing bundled with tourism topics. Um, what we found and what we heard from a lot of other attendees was that, that it was just kind of too, too baseline, um, really kind of basic marketing things, which to uh, to kind of defend it a little bit, it, it, it is really hard. Um, I spoke at that conference for, for two of the four years, and it's hard to de- deliver content that's focused for mom and pop breweries as well as breweries the size of like 
Dogfish Head, who were pretty frequent attendees of that conference. So you had to kind of meet in the middle, and it, w- it was difficult to put something together. So as we started talking with more people, looking at how can we fill this void, um, professional development in the marketing industry within beer is um, it's overlooked, I would say. Um, most of the conferences that are out there are, are focused pretty heavily on the production side, so the people who actually make the beer. There are tracks thrown in, like at the Craft Brewers Conference, there is a marketing track, but it's bundled with sales and distribution, which are vastly different functions within a brewery. Um, so it sort of dilutes it, waters it down a little bit. And we kept hearing from from these marketers, you know, there's really nothing for us to really learn from others and improve our craft. And we also are kind of tired of hearing the same beer speakers over and over that, that go to the State Guild Conferences and CBC, and we're also at BMTC. Um, the conference that I had mentioned, we really want to hear from companies outside of beer. What are large companies doing in their marketing department that we can learn from? So we thought about this for a while, um, sort of noodled it and realized that could actually be a a really good um, basis for a conference. Because if you do it that way, it's on each attendee to listen to each speaker and think about, you know, what could I take from what this person's saying? If they're sharing a success story of this is an email marketing program that we ran, what can I take from that for my brewery? Whether I'm a small brewery that produces, you know, 2,000 barrels a year, or I'm the size of, of Harpoon or, or Sam Adams, that's, that's pretty massive. Um, so we, we started talking about it, talked with people in the industry, eventually formed an advisory board, pulled in breweries from around the country, the, the marketing heads from those breweries. There were 10 of it, 10, 10 of those people on the advisory board, talked about it more uh, in depth with them and, and decided to move forward with it. So, yeah, um, yeah all the speakers are from outside the industry. Um, like you mentioned, the, the CMO of the Red Sox is the keynote speaker, but we have people that have led marketing initiatives for Lyft and Yardhouse and uh, Ufos, American Express, Crayola, quite a few different types of companies. Yeah. Um, and these are the type of people who typically would speak at what I would call big marketing conferences, like a content marketing world. So it's really kind of a unique thing that we've put together, but focused on the beer industry. Um, there are also opportunities for attendees to talk with each other. There will be some roundtable sessions where we're grouping um breweries with, with their peers to kind of talk about different topics there, influencer marketing, events, storytelling, um, so that there is still that that aspect where you can converse back and forth with other breweries. But the majority of it, um, really by, by demand, was to have these speakers who are from outside of beer. Yeah. I really think our local breweries do a good job of marketing towards people who already like craft beer. So I think what's great about this op- this conference right here is how do you get people who don't specifically care about craft beer to care about it? Um, is that exactly. kind of the underlying theme? Uh, I, I would say yes in a way. I mean, that for, for all of our clients that we work with, that is what their focus is now. Um, the, the craft beer enthusiasts, for the most part, know who the breweries are. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. It's how you move out of that sphere into the more general consumer. And it's not even necessarily trying to convert people from, you know, macro lager to, to craft beer. Um, It's, it's finding new drinkers who maybe like wine right now or cocktails. And if you look at the, the younger age drinkers, especially um, they're, they're not as loyal to a specific beverage. So whereas some of the, some of the older genres, 
you have beer drinkers, you have wine drinkers. They generally stick with those. A lot of the younger drinkers now, they drink beer sometimes, they drink seltzer sometimes, RTDs, wine. So you have to find a way to stand out to them. And I think it's a lot harder than going after that that core craft beer enthusiast demographic, which I think a lot of breweries did really well at. Um, but now it's it's kind of out of necessity. We have to move beyond that. If, if you look at the numbers, craft beer last year, um, declined in mm-hmm. sales. So it, it's just kind of a, an indicator that we as an industry need to, to get outside of our bubble, get outside of our echo chamber. And I, I think that that tends to happen quite a bit in the beer industry, not just with marketing, with a lot of things, but to really continue growing as an industry and, and get back on that growth path, we need to look at expanding the consumer base. Yeah. I look at a company like Carhartt, where maybe 10, 15 years ago, nobody really even knew who Carhartt was outside of people working in you know those dirty jobs quote unquote right. industries and now you see you know the teens plus wearing carhartt hats carhartt sweatshirts um i think that's what needs to happen in something like craft beer you know you have to expand beyond your demographic yeah that, and that, that's actually a great example because they, they did what i think a lot of breweries want to do where a lot of a lot of breweries now are talking about becoming more of a lifestyle brand. So not just a beer and Carhartt did that perfectly because they moved from being, you know, clothing that was, that was functional for a specific type of job to more of fashion apparel where a lot of people are wearing that, that, that don't work in those, those dirty jobs anymore as you described them. Um, and that there aren't a lot of breweries that I would say have successfully done that pivot to become more of a lifestyle type of beverage. Mm, absolutely. Um, what's one of the things you see in our in in beer the beer industry that people struggle with most? I mean, for me, I see even in our, my own business. You know, I'm we're scheduling stuff, we're getting interviews, we're running social media. A lot of the times, it's a two person operation that's running the brew house, social media. Um, is you know sometimes their hands are tied, right? Right. Yeah, I think lack of time is is a big one. Trying to fit all those things in, especially if you're wearing multiple hats. If you're at a smaller brewery, the the likelihood that you're only focused on marketing is is pretty small. You're probably doing multiple other things. So it's it's maximizing time, kind of finding time to fit it all in. But also, I think growth is a is a major. Um, challenge in the industry because in that scenario a lot of people are not what i would say professional marketers when they they market in the beer industry they sort of pick it up as they go along maybe they started as a bartender or even a brewer and then started taking photos for social media and it eventually grew into something more um a lot of those people want to know how can i grow this and take it further not just for my professional development for for the good of the brewery so that we can be more successful with our marketing um, and that that's pretty common, I would say, if you look around the industry where a, a lot of the marketers in beer are kind of self-taught. Once, once a company reaches a certain size, they start to hire people who have an educational background in marketing or experience in other industries and bring those people in. But I, I would say more often than not, just based on, on what I've seen, it's people who are self-taught. Mm. What are some of the breweries maybe even around the country that you see are going towards that brand Lifestyle. Yeah, uh, the the first one that comes to mind is Allagash. That's yeah. done a really good job of sort of conveying who they are, and they also have done a really nice job of of 
sort of owning their place. When you when you look at their marketing visually, um, and even some of the words that they use in copy, they they really capture that sentiment of Maine really really well. Um, and for for those of us who live in New England, have have traveled up to Maine and spent time there, they've done it really successfully. It's it's kind of the image that that people have of Maine. Um, that's the best one that I've seen. Um, I think there are a lot that try to go in that direction and sort of be like the outdoors type of beer. Um, I think it's going to be hard to, to copy and have the success that Allagash has just because there were so many things going right for them. There's their size, their location, um, to, to go that path. Beer. And, and the, yeah, the yeah. beer, award-winning beer. Um, I, I, what we always tell breweries is, is sort of look at who you are and, and be yourself when you're forming that. Don't come up with this notion of, here's what I want to be. I want to be the next Allagash or I want to be the next, uh, I don't know, if you're an urban brand, Crowns and Hops is one that, that comes to mind where they've really nicely successfully captured sort of that city feeling, the urban feeling. Um, look at where you're located and who your people are because those those employees are going to be the ones that really frame who your brand are and consumers are going to gather that from being in your tap room or um, seeing your people out interacting with them, whether it's a salesperson at an account or it's, it's one of your bartenders in your tap room. So don't stray too far from, from who you are in the DNA of your company. Mm. When does it become less about the beer and more about the the brand though? (laughs) You know what? I think, I, I think we're starting to reach that point because there's so much good beer now that it's harder to stand out just on beer. Consumers are looking for something else that sets it apart. I mean, even compared to five years ago, you could have beers five years ago from craft breweries and there were definitely some that were really good. There were some that were not so good. I feel like the the bar has risen so much and the competition has gotten taken to a level where the ones that don't make good beer have already sort of been, they've sort of been weeded out. So at this point you have to stand for something else. Um, And I I would say part of your brand is also who you are in the community. Community relations is a huge part of marketing in the beer industry, whether it's, you know, supporting causes, supporting initiatives, um, just being an active member of your community where even if you have a big distribution arm, people still look at that, even if they're not sort of the, the direct recipients of it. If, if you're a brewery in Massachusetts and you distribute in Florida or North Carolina or somewhere else, those stories come through, whether you're telling them on social media or through the media or through other influencers, people want to know that who they're buying their beer from, they, they stand for something. And I'm speaking specifically about craft beer enthusiasts. Mm. The, the general consumer base probably doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter to them quite as much, but your craft beer enthusiasts have shown over the years that, that they do care about that. They want to know what the mission is, who the people are, what they stand for. Um, and I think some of the things we've seen over the past few years, whether it was all together or black is beautiful, just accentuated that even more within the industry. Absolutely. Do you think at some point the obviously craft beer is not going to be able to compete with the macro brews? They're going to have the marketing budget, they have the expertise. Um, but do you need that? Do you need a you know a fifty hundred thousand dollar budget to have a successful marketing campaign? I don't think you do. 
I, I think if you understand who you are, if you understand who you're targeting and you put a good plan together for how you can accomplish it, it's, it's all about, you know, having a relationship with your consumers and typically the, the, you know, the 50,000, hundred million, I should say. Yeah. They, million, I, we're, we were really low at those numbers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If, if, if it's Budweiser type ad spends that we're yeah. talking about, those are, those are TV spots. I don't know that those work as well for craft beer because they're not as relatable. They, they don't have that relationship aspect there. And when you're you're building a brand, and I would argue that most craft breweries outside of the, the few biggest ones, they're still in brand building mode. Mm-hmm. What tends to be most effective is PR. And, and I use the word PR pretty broadly. That could be media relations, influencer stuff, community. But social media would also fall under that. Um, those are the, the marketing tactics that work best to build a brand because it puts you in front of people in a way that, that establishes a relationship, a connection, an emotion. Whereas TV ads, those are more to support a brand once it's already been maintained. That's why brands like Coca-Cola, Gatorade, Budweiser spend a lot on TV ads because they want to reinforce what they've already done through some of the earlier marketing efforts with PR work. Um you, so you, I, I would say you don't need you don't need that that huge budget. Um, the the other thing that I would say to just to look at an example from Big Beer for how smaller breweries can do it, um, Modelo, from what the data that I've seen, is poised in the next I think two years to become the number one selling beer in the country, huh. um, surpassing Bud Light, and right right behind it pretty quickly within like another year or so, Amstel Light will also. Um, Pass. Uh, yeah, is it? No, it's Michelob Ultra. Sorry, mm. not Amstelite. That makes no sense. Michelob Ultra. Um, and what both of those has done really well, especially Modelo, is is tell stories and bring that human personality to it. Now, Modelo has, has grown to the point where they're doing it with their TV ads. Um, and you can see they have some for, for boxers. There's one for a, a barber. Um, but they're telling stories about people and helping to draw that connection. Um, even before that, they were doing that on a, a much smaller scale. They would they would target specific cities in the country, and really get embedded in those cities. the The best one is L.A., where in L.A. I read their sales. Um, they sell more beer in L.A. than Bud Light, Miller Light, and Coors Light combined, which is pretty astonishing when you think about it. But they they picked a lot of cities, mostly in the western half of the country. And they said we're going to dominate these cities, and they've they've done so well that it's it's taken them to this point. But I think there is something there to, to be learned. You made because... me want a Modelo. Are you sure you're not an influencer? <laughs> uh, I I have to admit it. It made me want one too, and I went out and tried it, and was like, oh, this this is better than I remember it being. Yeah. Um, but Budweiser hasn't done that. They don't do that type of storytelling and, and building narratives anymore. And they um, haven't had to. They don't have to. Right. Or maybe that's what they look at. Up, up, up until now, they haven't. But when you start to slip that way, I, I think um, they may need to reassess what they're doing. But Yeah. I mean, craft beer has that perfect opportunity to market that way. I mean, I think mm-hmm. of small breweries. You know, you think of something like Channel Marker or East Regiment um, that have these smaller breweries, but they can tell the stories of their backyard. Um, yeah. And I, and I, not that I don't think that those breweries do that. I just, I, those are the ones that come to mind. You know, that, that personal feel is what people 
gravitate towards. They don't care what that beer looks like, how many IBUs it has, what hops it was used. Now, that's nice information for the beer nerds, but right. for the person trying to try it for the first time, they don't care if it's yeah. El Dorado or if it's Zappa. They care. Hey, somebody that looks like me drinking this. Right, right. And that, yeah, and that they have a story to tell. Yeah. Um, I, I think you mentioned Channel Marker. Um, uh, who's coastal Co- Mass. Coastal, coastal Mass. mass. Yeah, coastal yeah, Mass. Come on, Matt. Come on, yeah. Matt. They were a client. <laughs> yes. um, but when, when they did that that name change, it gave them an opportunity to to sort of tell an even deeper story about being a coastal community because that that name change, Coastal Mass, to people who don't live directly on the coast, um, a lot of those people don't know what a channel marker is. Yeah. If you live in, you know, even go, go 10, 20 miles inland, um, drive west in Massachusetts and, and channel marker is not a common term. So it, that actually allowed them to, to go deeper. But um, I think there are a lot of small craft breweries that, that have that ability to, to tell those stories. Um, another great one that comes to mind is Notch. Yeah. Just with their focus on European style beers, some of the events that they do that really focus on delivering that that European experience, um, that that really helps them stand up too, and it gives them stories to tell. And you you would think that you know doing some of the same events year after year, those stories wouldn't resonate as much, but it, they're able to deliver them deeper. They're also reaching new people, but to those people like us who have already heard them before, it allows them to go even deeper with those stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had a viral video on TikTok because we used the beer poker at Stark Beer Fest and explained it. Yeah. And so many people are like, I can't wait to do that next year. Can't wait to do that this year. You know, it's not that I'm saying we we are influencing people to go that, but I mean, it's a cool event. I think Notch does a great job because of authenticity, right? Right. They make sure it's true to style. They make sure they do it the right way. And I think there's a lot of beer uh, brands that do that, uh, breweries that do that. But um, what are some of the common mistakes you see, though? That I, I would say, you know, one, one common mistake would, would be too much reliance on social media. I think social media has gotten really loud and and to stand out in a lot of cases now you you have to go the um the paid spend route um so when you when you use social media i I think a lot of them get i say too reliant on social media i should say should say too reliant on new beer releases and you know photos of of hazy yellowish orange colored beers um i I think social media is still something you have to use obviously but i think it's it's going beyond just that photo and and using it to tell deeper stories um a lot of them a lot of them aren't doing that as much i would say um and that it's it's definitely an opportunity to to take advantage of so storytelling uh, is one that i think a lot are still overlooking um even storytelling about events, new beers. Um, one one example that I really like, and I think they've actually taken their blog down, if I remember right. Bissell Brothers had um, they had a blog, and for every beer that they released, there would be a blog post that would go really deep into the beer. So this this was appealing to craft beer enthusiasts um, because it, it delved into those details of. You know what the hops are, why they made the beer, why they named it this way, and 
I always found that really interesting because a lot of other breweries weren't doing that. And mm. there are a ton of unique, interesting names in beer. But a lot of times the, the, the story behind the name isn't told. So why, why did you give the beer this crazy name? That's, that's <laughs> right. something that, that you can use to, to connect with, with consumers. All right, let's let's uh, let's circle back to the beard amp- beer amplified event um, because I'm I'm interested by the agenda at some of the events that you have, um, but before we do that, we do have to keep the lights on at the Brewers Podcast, so we're gonna have a little sponsor break and then we'll be right back. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUITS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. And we're back. So to circle back to the event, I want to talk about some of the, um, I, I, you have like breakout sessions, right? Yeah. So the, the, the breakout sessions will feature the, the speakers that we're bringing okay. in. So each is, is speaking on a, a specific topic. Um, and most of them are, are sharing success stories. Or I, I know in one case, one is actually sharing a, a failure, which can also be helpful to learn from. Yeah, I'm guessing the how my music reached two million people on Facebook using social advertising is one of the success stories. That was a success. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that's a that's pretty awesome. Um, so it, it looks like there's a lot of opportunities though for breweries to kind of um, collaborate too, right? And talk and and yeah, yeah. So each day there's also a 75 minute um, brewery to brewery roundtable session. Okay. So we're, we're pairing breweries in those uh, about 10 breweries at a table, and it, it gives them an opportunity to talk with each other in short of 
sort of share insights, learnings, ideas um, often come from these. This was something that we saw at the Beer Marketing and Tourism Conference that uh, actually worked really well. And this was what most of the attendees look forward to every year, getting that opportunity to talk directly with some of their peers, ask questions, um, share stories, and, and really just learn from each other. So it, it, it takes that aspect of it where you can still learn from other breweries, obviously, um, and it includes that not to totally sort of get outside of the beer industry and, and look beyond beyond ourselves. It does still have that component to sort of look inside. Mm. I noticed one on analytics, and I think all of us who have some sort of platform try to look at analytics, um, but nobody really understands it. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's um, there's actually two on analytics. So so one is going to be led by um, a guy named Michael Brito, who um, I worked with at an agency on the West Coast before I moved to Massachusetts. Um, really smart guy. He's done TED Talks, um, written books. But what, what he's going to talk about is, is using analytics to put together a plan. So sort of looking at, at what's happened in the past and how you can learn from that to figure out what you should do in the future. Um, the other one that I'm really excited about is led by Stephanie Ramirez, um, who most recently was with Lyft. She, she left Lyft very recently. Um, but what she's going to talk about is understanding social media algorithms, which is what everyone who does social media uh, wants a better understanding yeah. of. I mean, the, well, there's the so number many of, like misconceptions, right? Like, right. Yeah. Misconceptions and just how often Instagram changes their algorithm for what shows up in your feed and, yeah. and how, how reels impact that, how stories impact that. So I think that's going to be a, a really, really helpful one that a lot of people will look forward to. Yeah. Um, and, and the, one of the ones is, uh, experimental marketing to media. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and that's Jen Keddy. Yeah. Yeah. So Jen, Jen works at um, Ufos, which is a sneaker company in yep. Boston. They do um, like active uh, recovery, like, right? Yeah, recovery footwear. Yep. Um, so what what um, what she's going to talk about basically is how when you're trying to get media coverage, how to provide an experience for those reporters. So it goes beyond just pitching a story to them and really giving them an experience. And I, I know she has some. Um, some great examples that she's going to share there. Um, her boss is actually also presenting, um, Darren Brown, who's the the director of marketing at UFOS. His, his session is interesting because it sort of flies in the face of what conventional wisdom is right now, which is you should be spending marketing dollars digitally. And he's going to talk about how UFOS over the past couple of years has really focused on non-digital, what, what, I guess we would call traditional forms of marketing to really gain mind share. Um, and I, one, one of the examples he's going to talk about is how they use this strategy around the Boston Marathon and used it so successfully that a lot of people thought they were actually an official sponsor of the Boston Marathon. Um, so that that's kind of a cool one, too, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So obviously tickets are for sale right now. Um, how can mm -hmm. our local breweries who may have not signed up yet or even beyond Sure. So there is, uh, if you go to the website, beeramplified.com in the upper right hand corner, there's a. Uh, You're right. I'm looking at it. Yep. Register a, now. A, yep. A box to click, and that'll take you to the Eventbrite site, um, and, and you can register there. And um, for Brew Roots listeners, we uh, came up with a special promo code um, 
if you type in brew roots 100 you can get a uh, hundred dollars off of that that registration price so a little bit of a, a discount there yeah absolutely that's uh it seems like an awesome event i'm excited uh you're gonna have great some great beer events i saw greater good i think i saw your seaport lord hobo's uh hosting yeah. an event right Yep, Monday night. Um, yeah, and then each each day at lunch, there there's a beer sponsor. So one day is Idle, Idle Hands. Hands. Yep. Um, the next day is uh, actually Sam Adams. We just added. Nice. And then um, Happy Hours. One one day is Greater Good, and one day is Bentwater. Nice. Some of our favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so Kevin, thank you for doing this today. Um, if any of our listeners, because uh, it's not just for breweries, right? I mean. If any of our listeners did want to go, um, yeah, it's totally. It, it, it's it's a marketing conference, um, and we we built it for breweries. But because of the way we've set it up, you you don't necessarily have to be in beer to attend it. If you're interested in marketing or you you work in marketing, there's certainly a lot of value that could be gained from it. And mm-hmm. um, I, I know there are a couple of um, beer influencers, craft beer enthusiasts, who are also going just because they love the industry and they're interested in in learning more about it. No, I like I like that. I I want to go. <laughs> this is a, so, yeah. Um, no, I, I I think it's a good opportunity, and it it helps just you be a better marketer. I mean, I guess totally. for lack of better terms, you know, better totally. marketer that, and that that build was a brand. That was really our goal to to fill a gap that we saw in the beer industry and just help breweries out to give them yeah. an opportunity to to think deeper and smarter about how they're marketing themselves. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of the times it's for seeing what other people are doing and getting gravitation. And by that point, they're getting it. it that totally. fad's over, right? You know? Exactly. So, um, so, Kevin, thanks for doing this tonight. Thank you. It was yeah. great to talk with you. Um, and don't forget, we have a promo code. So it's Brewers100. Um, and use that on the Eventbrite link. That will be in the link below. Uh, we'll, we'll blast that out on social media as well. But uh, thank you for doing this tonight. And, thank you. Uh, we have to get a beer in person. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's been too long. It's been way too long. Notch sounds pretty good. It, we'll they're, they are one of my favorites. So. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, thank you for doing this, and we'll catch you soon. All right. Thanks, Matt. <laughs>